I was five when I met him. He was older. It's impossible to know by how much time works differently for his kind. He looked only a little bigger than me, certainly not a grown-up. He still looks that way. It's odd to think back now, twenty years later. Being so innocent at that age, I told my parents all about my new friend. They couldn't see him, dismissing him as a child's imaginary playmate. I recall the confusion I felt, knowing he was real. But I was also at the age when I believed my parents to be entirely correct, all of the time. I didn't have the clarity of mind to wonder if I was mentally ill. Now I spend some days certain that I must be insane. And others when I know I'm right. In a world filled with betrayal and disappointment, he has been with me through it all. The thought he was responsible for most of my heartache never made it to the forefront until that night when everything changed. But, I suppose, it had been lingering somewhere in my mind. A darkness clawing at me for some time. I was five, as I'd mentioned. I found him in the attic of our new house when I was exploring. I hadn't wanted to move, but the old house made Mum sad. I'd had a brother, but he died when he was really small. My only memories of him are from a couple of photos. So my parents packed us up and moved us a few towns over. I remember feeling sad too when Ollie died, but kids are resilient. It sounds awful, but I got over it pretty quickly. I guess they thought I'd made up my new friend as some kind of coping mechanism. But it was nothing that predictable. I mean, I was five. I'd never heard the word gin before. I was never afraid of him. Perhaps because he wasn't much older than I was at the time, but it did strike me as odd that he'd be there. Dad had been putting some of our things into the attic, but the previous owners had left a load of junk, so he was in a mood. I remember hearing him moaning at Mum about all the extra hassle. As a child, the attic was exciting. We hadn't had one at the old house, and with it full of potential treasure, I was up the ladder before anyone could notice. The way my dad was going on, I'd expect it to be filled to the roof. What I actually found was a neat pile of maybe six or seven large cardboard boxes. There was no sudden discovery of my friend. He didn't pop out of a box. He didn't suddenly shout from a dark corner. He was simply there, his back resting against the boxes. A fidget spinner balancing on one blue finger. Hi, I said, eyes fixed on the toy. I'm Alice. He looked up at me and smiled. I remembered it so clearly. It was a friendly smile. I could tell that much, and even at my young age I could sense the sadness in it. Hi, he replied, catching the spinner as it fell from his finger. What's your name? I asked, but he just looked at the floor and frowned. He told me he didn't have a name, or if he did, he couldn't remember it. I named him Ollie, after my brother. Another reason my parents thought I was making it all up. We played for a while, taking turns with the fidget spinner, pulling assorted bric-a-brac from the boxes as I searched for anything worth keeping. Eventually, I asked him the most important question my five-year-old mind could come up with. Why are you blue? Why are you pink? He replied with a shrug. Touché, I would have thought, had I known the word. 
After a pause, he began to explain that he was a djinn. I must have looked confused, as I thought I'd heard my mom say that was a drink for grown-ups. Ginny? He asked, testing to see if I knew that word. I grinned. Aren't you supposed to live in a lamp? I asked. He just laughed. <laughs> Do you grant wishes? It's not like that. He told me, and it really wasn't. He had... No, has powers. Whether he uses them to help some poor human get what they want is entirely up to him. I recall a feeling of disappointment. No lamp to rub, no three wishes. But I did have a new friend. As I've said, my parents didn't exactly believe me, but they let me get on with it. I'd play in the attic with their permission, taking games and toys up there. Sometimes they would set me up to sleep in there too. Most of my time outside of school hours was spent in that dusty room. If my parents were worried about me, they'd kept it to themselves, wallowing in their own misery. I didn't ask for anything from Ollie until I was 11. Secondary school had crept up on me. I had a few friends in my class, but I never socialized outside of school, preferring to play board games in the attic. I'd been at the new school a week when I ran into Becky, she hadn't been at my primary school. Everyone there had been quite nice, so I wasn't expecting to come across anyone like her. She shoved me over on the playground, for no reason that I could think of. I told the teacher, as that's how I'd been taught to respond to bullies. This had made it worse. Becky singled me out and made my school life unbearable for weeks. Name-calling, throwing food at me, pushing me about. My parents said they'd speak to the school, but nothing changed. I told Ollie. He was my only real friend. And he listened. He cared. Aside from upset and afraid, Becky had made me feel anger, possibly for the first time ever. I didn't realize I'd said it until the words had left my mouth. I wish Becky was dead. Ollie was staring at me. A slight rise in the corners of his mouth. A smile? Okay. He said. I didn't think any more of it. Becky wasn't at school the next day. Or ever again. Death by misadventure was the official verdict. Messing about on the railway line seemed like the sort of thing Becky would do, so I'd just put it down to an unfortunate accident. If I'd known any different at the time... I wonder if I'd really have cared. I was 14 when I started noticing boys. I mean, properly noticing. Ollie was my closest friend, and we spent every moment together that we could. But he would never leave the damn attic. He felt like the brother I'd lost. There was certainly no romantic interest from my side. Things with my parents were weird, but it's hard to describe. It's as though they had given up on me. And that's how it felt. I rarely mentioned Ollie to them, but after almost ten years of me playing with someone in the attic, they seemed to accept it as a quirk. I suppose I feel they should have taken me to a therapist if they'd really cared. Not that it would have helped. Ollie was, and still is, as real as I am. So, boys, there was one in my class. Matt that I had a bit of a crush on. I never told him or anyone at all, but Ollie knew. Perhaps I'd mentioned Matt more times in conversation than I'd realized, and 
Ollie sensed something. One rainy Saturday, playing chess with Ollie, he'd asked me if I'd ever leave. I didn't know what to say. I hadn't thought that far ahead. It'll be a few years before I can move out. I said, too young to want to think about adulthood. But then you'll leave. Ollie replied, and I could see the sadness there. Just like Marcy did. Who's Marcy? I asked. Ollie had never mentioned anyone else in all the years we'd been playing together. She lived here before you came. He explained. We played together too, but her parents weren't like yours. They frightened her. She'd stay up here with me for weeks to avoid them. And then they moved? You couldn't go with them? I asked. Ollie shook his head. Marcy wished she didn't have to live with them anymore. She has a new family now. Oh, was all I could manage. Not really following, but content it seemed like a happy ending. For Marcy, at least. So you can't leave? I asked. It struck me hard that I'd never thought about this before. Happily heading down for dinner, or off to bed, leaving Ollie here, in the dark and alone. My wishes don't count. Marcy never wished for me to be able to leave this room, so I couldn't. It's that simple. So if I wished you were able to come outside with me, then you could? I asked, excitement growing. You could meet my parents! Show them that I'm not imagining you! No! Ollie said, fear gripping his face. I can only be seen when I choose to be. And humans are trouble for my kind. I frowned. I'm a human. I pointed out with a small smile. You're a child. Humans, adult ones, took my parents, trapped them in jars, used them for their powers. My father bound me to this place to keep me safe, and I have been. I shouldn't leave, even if I want to. Come out with me! I pleaded. I wish you'd come outside with me! Ollie gave a nod of his head but looked petrified. Oh, shit! I wished it! Now you have to come! Excitedly, I climbed out of the attic and looked up through the hatch. Ollie was there, blue legs dangling through the opening, his face creased with worry. For a moment I felt guilty, having forced him to take this step but reasoned that it must be in his best interest. Cautiously, I led him along the hallway and down the stairs. Can anyone else see you? I whispered. He shook his head and I let out a sigh of relief. Mom was in the kitchen, which had a clear view of the front door. I slipped my shoes on, watching to see if she'd notice me. She did. Where are you off to? She asked. Just want to get out for a bit. Thought I'd grab a magazine. It's raining. Mum pointed out. I shrugged and wrapped a coat around me. Won't be long. I called, stepping out into the street. I looked at Ollie and he grabbed my hand. For such a powerful being, he certainly seemed uncomfortable out of the attic. If no one can see you, you've got nothing to worry about. We won't be long anyway. This earned me a glare from a man walking past us, and I reminded myself that it looked as though I was alone. Perhaps I shouldn't talk so loudly. 
We reached the shop and ducked in out of the rain. I remember it clearly for two reasons. It was the first time Ollie had been outside, and it was when the possibilities really hit me. I'd gone in with the intention of buying a magazine and a large bar of chocolate, which I did. There was nothing else in the corner store that I was interested in, so we left. Something in the window of the repair shop opposite caught my eye. I'd been asking for a new laptop for a while, but it hadn't been forthcoming. It wasn't out of any sense of greed, but the bulky, not to mention extremely slow one I had for school was getting noticed. It wasn't cool enough. And as much as I hate to admit it, this did bother me. I'd had five pounds in the entire world, before the magazine and chocolate bar. This was now a little over a pound. Only 149 pounds short, I thought. I wish I had enough money for a new laptop, I said, deliberately looking away from Ollie. I caught him nod out of the corner of my eye and checked my pockets, half expecting to find a wad of notes in there. Nothing. Not wanting to press the issue with Ollie, fearing he would think I was using him, I turned to leave. A knock on the shop window made me turn, and I saw the owner reaching around the display. The 150-pound price ticket had been crossed out. Reduced. Now one pound. I looked at Ollie, but he didn't make eye contact. I think I'd offended him somehow, but still rushed into the shop and bought the device. We walked home in silence as I tried to come up with a believable reason for me to have the laptop. I could explain it was reduced to a pound. Not untrue, but it still sounds rather suspicious. Coming up short, I did the obvious thing. I wished my parents wouldn't notice the new laptop. Things changed from then on, but I'm not sure they were for the better. I wished for popularity and people at school started being nicer to me. Matt asked me out on a date, but I said no. Nerves, perhaps. I wished for more money for myself and my parents. Dad got a pay rise and my allowance went up. These changes weren't huge, and it's possible they were unrelated to my wishes. In the same way fortune tellers will give vague enough information to make it almost believable. Aside from the laptop, my wishes had been small and quite reasonable. Ollie showed no sign of disapproval or otherwise, so I carried on. But greed is a human thing. By 16, I'd become lazy at school. Thinking back, I regret not wishing that I knew the answers to the exam questions, rather than simply wishing for good grades. At least I would have had the knowledge. But trigonometry hasn't been required so far in my adult life. To be honest, the grades didn't matter anyway. I can have whatever I like. I wouldn't say Ollie is in love with me, but dependent is certainly true. I moved out at 18, after a miraculous lotto win. I bought a sensible small house for Ollie and myself. Things were going well. I'd travel with Ollie, of course, and those first couple of years were a real adventure. I'd met Javier at a ski resort when I was 20. He was older, handsome, clearly wealthy. I lost my virginity to him, late I know, but Ollie was always watching, ignoring his wedding ring. Ollie's presence was something I knew I'd have to block out at some point, and that night I wished for him to stay away from me for a few hours. It worked. He was gone for precisely three hours. When he returned, he was a wreck. I felt awful, ashamed even, 
Here was my friend, still the size of a seven-year-old, crying terribly. I decided that we needed to talk. I tried to explain how much I cared for Ollie, but that sometimes, such as with Javier, I needed a little privacy. Ollie didn't understand. He genuinely couldn't grasp any middle ground between being together all the time or never seeing one another again. I put this down to the loss of his parents, but knew something would have to give. His tone had lost its usual friendliness when he gave me an ultimatum. If you want me to go, I will. You've got everything you want from me, but the wishes go with me. Everything you had from me gets wiped away. I was certain he was bluffing, but even so, I didn't want to lose him. It's not like that, I said, trying to plan my words before letting them escape. Everything I've asked for has been to benefit us. It's meant that we can be together freely in that house, that we can travel. What happens if you meet a good man and want to settle down? Ollie asked. The question had been kicking around in my head for a while, and I had no answer for him. I'll get replaced. I don't want that to happen. The glint in his eyes told me that he wouldn't go willingly. And for the first time in 15 years, I was afraid of Ollie. I don't think there are any good men, so don't worry about it at the moment. I said, trying to lighten the mood. Am I not a good man? Ollie said. Of course you are. I replied, before understanding where this was leading. You could wish for me to be a man. You could wish for me to be whatever kind of man you wanted. And I could do those things that Javier did to you. I felt my cheeks redden. I can't do that, I said, believing my own words. I know that I could do it, but did I really want to? Why not? I'd happily give up my powers to be with you. To be a human couple with you. It would be perfect. It isn't right. I said, shaking my head. If your powers were gone, there would be no going back. Going back to what? I can't wish for anything for myself. All I have is you. Ollie's desperation was evident, and I felt, for the first time, the weight of responsibility for him. I had choices to make, but doubted my ability to be selfless. I'll be honest with you. I began slowly. I only see a few options for the future. We should discuss them. It shouldn't all be on me to tell you what happens. Ollie was watching me. I could swear he was nervous. We can stay as we are, having adventures, living like this. But it feels unfair to both of us. I don't want you to feel pushed aside if I meet someone important to me. No reaction from Ollie, but he stared at me intently. We can go with your idea. You become human. We see where that takes us. But I make no promises. It doesn't mean we'll be together forever. I'd never leave you, Ollie said. I know, I replied, waiting for him to understand. I sighed. Any other suggestions? Ollie asked. I shook my head. The scenario in which we part ways wasn't going to work for either of us. Aside from you becoming human, what else would you wish for? 
I asked. If you could have one wish come true. I can't make wishes. I know, I was just wondering, hypothetically. I said, forcing a smile. These decisions were too big and I just wanted to carry on as we had been. At least for a while longer. Ollie remained silent but appeared to be thinking. If I wished for you to be able to make one wish that would come true, aside from the one where you become human, would it work? Ollie's eyes fixed on me, a grin forming on his blue face. I have no idea, he said with a smile. But we could give it a go. I wish Ollie could make one wish for himself, with the exception of becoming human, I said. I saw him nod. I watched a sly smile cross his face, his eyes narrowing. He nodded again. What did you wish for? I asked, butterflies forming in my stomach. Happiness. He replied, but there was something more that he wasn't saying. I could detect a smirk trying to form on his blue face. What have you done? I said, my voice beginning to tremble. Ollie pointed to a mirror. I glanced at my reflection and screamed. I soon discovered that Ollie had never been entirely honest with me about the way things worked. It was true that he could not make wishes come true without my permission. It was true that I could have as many wishes granted as I wanted. Perhaps it wasn't dishonesty, but more like missing out an important point. Ollie was not obligated to grant a wish. It was down to his discretion, and now he was using his power over me. I was unrecognizable in my reflection. My clear skin and youthful looks had been replaced by something diseased and rotten. I looked as though I were in the late stages of leprosy. Chunks of skin around my neck and cheeks were flaking away in red, pus-filled strands. My bloodshot eyes only showed fear, and as I opened my mouth in terror, my teeth appeared black and about to drop out. I looked at my hands. They appeared as they had been before, holding them up to the mirror. They too looked desiccated and destroyed. I put a hand to my face, expecting to feel the wet roughness of weeping scabs. But it all felt as it should. An illusion, I realized. What have you done? I shouted. Ollie stared, his eyes hard, no regret showing. You're beautiful, he said. I shuddered. Why am I seeing that? I pointed to the mirror. Is it a threat? Is this what I'll become if I don't make you human? You really think I'll allow you more wishes? I was almost screaming at Ollie now, his betrayal cutting me deep. I still see you as you really are. Ollie stated. The emphasis on I took me a moment to understand. But I'm forced to see that monster when I look in the mirror. Why? No, Ollie said, shaking his head. Look again. Hesitantly, I looked at the mirror and saw myself, my real self. I let out a sigh of relief allowing myself to believe it had been a cruel trick and nothing more. What was the point in that? You said you wished for happiness. How does scaring me like that make you happy? I still see you as you really are. <laughs>
Ollie repeated. I suppose I should say we, really. I stared blankly as the blue boy, sensing an evil growing within him. Perhaps it had always been there. Only we see you that way. Everyone else sees that version of you. I wish that everyone could see me as I really look. I blurted out quickly. There was no nod of Ollie's head. I wish you had never made that wish. Still, no nod. I wish I'd never fucking met you. I screamed. Ollie smiled. Don't say things you don't mean. This is for the best. How do I know you're telling the truth? I asked. For all I know, that was just a trick. Fancy your walk? Ollie asked, gesturing towards the door with a grin. We'd taken two steps onto the street, when I knew he wasn't lying. My appearance led to horrified gasps, diverted eyes, pity-filled looks. Please! I began, not knowing really what I could say. Don't leave me like this! I'll never leave you. Ollie replied with a shrug. You are the reason for my happiness. And please don't worry about the way people see you. I just wanted to make sure nobody else would love you. Tears ran down my cheeks as the reality set in. There was no going back from this. Ollie had won. I could not escape him. And even if I did, I'd be alone. Would that be worse? <laughs>